The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, here with my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Hey, Vic. Good morning. How are you? I am good. How's your uh, week starting? It's going great. Going great, man. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Let's let's start talking about some uh some things that have been going around in the news cycle. Starting with the spy balloon. Uh-oh. The mysterious spy balloon. I don't know. I, I, I think it might be Chinese. What do you think? Yeah. Well the all the all the all the reports, that's what they're they're claiming. And um Joe Biden, uh the presidential administration, they're kind of downplaying it. And and then, of course, the the other side, they're up playing it. Marjorie Taylor Greene, for instance, she is up in arms about this uh, spy balloon and a couple other Republican figures. They're 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 questioning why Biden is not doing more about it. Uh, they're questioning his response to it. Senator Josh Hawley, he's demanding a probe into Biden's, quote, baffling response to the Chinese spy balloon. So he's pretty upset about it. Um, Some Republicans uh, want to turn everything into a scandal, anything into a Watergate. Um, You know what fascinates me is like, isn't a spy balloon very primitive for 2023? I mean... If China or whoever wants to spy on us or anyone else, wouldn't they use like, you know, maybe drones or some other like better technology? It just seems too obvious. Yeah, you would think. And and for the most part, I believe in in life, the the obvious answers are are usually the correct ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's generally the case. And I'm a pretty open minded guy. But are. Chances are this is a balloon from China that just drifted and has nothing to do with uh, political espionage, (laughs) geopolitical espionage and stuff. And I think Trump, I mean, I think uh, Trump, I think Biden, if Trump was the president, that balloon would have been shot down. Uh, I I will give, give him that. But I think Biden and the Biden administration just aren't concerned with it. There's bigger issues at play. There's and also, I'm not surprised at the Republicans' response to this. There's also so much that we don't know. I mean, you know, we do have, you know, one of the best intelligence agencies in the world. And there's so much that the government's not going to share with us for obvious reasons, one of them being security, uh, national security. So <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's easy for people to just speculate without knowing like the real facts. But um, anyway, moving on from the spy balloon, let's go talk to let's talk about um, <laughs> a bigger problem, which is uh, George Santos, a congressman, a Republican congressman, George Santos from New York, who is uh, just fascinating me uh, because <laughs> he's like this, like, you know, elephant in the room. 
and you know how much more can be exposed about him how much of a fraud can he possibly be you know before he's uh kicked out of the republican party kicked out of congress the latest one being uh i mean he he did voluntarily or at least on the surface voluntarily stepped down from his uh his uh committee assignments now he's embroiled in many 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 uh different uh finance and bookkeeping inconsistencies where they can't figure out uh where monies came from or where they went out to uh, receipts that don't match uh, contributions that are too high for the maximum uh, he keeps uh, changing his uh, his finance person uh, you know on, on record it's, there's just so much uh, that even experts are having a hard time like really keeping up with it and uh, making sense of it all he's he's crazy man he's crazy I'm guessing in like a year or two, yeah, a movie might be made about this guy. The stuff he's saying is. I think it'll be <laughs> FX, like on FX or something. Yeah, it's like it's, Ryan Murphy. He's gold. He's gold right now in terms of news and, and topics and 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 radio. Uh, I just don't understand how this how this guy got elected. But, anyways, he uh, the the latest thing from him is he was at a a fundraising event and boasted that he is he is actually the most famous person in the room a freshman lawmaker so i, I think it just kind of shows you kind of famous where, or infamous infamous i think it just kind of shows you where his mind is at right now delusional delusional even if he's just joking which he probably is I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt but it just goes to show you how he's not really taking any of these accusations seriously or I, I think the worst would be that he really just doesn't believe them. And he just honestly is so trenched in his pathological lies that he believes them. I, I, I it's again, it's bizarre. I don't know, man. This is, this is your guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we listen, he's not my guy. I know. I know. <laughs> It's, you know, when this whole thing started, I was on Twitter and this one guy wrote, I guess he was gay. He goes, uh, I'm waiting for him to say that being gay was a lie because we don't want him on our team. I thought that was really funny. Um, you, know, the, you know, from everything I've read about uh, like sociopathic, uh, narcissistic, uh, split personality liars, he, he, he is it. I mean, he's just... Uh, you know, he might have been lying about being famous, but I think part of it is for him, it's like like something he gets off on, you know, that he's become like infamous. Of course, I, you know, average person doesn't want to be famous or infamous in, in the way that he is. But I guess for him, uh, any publicity, any is, publicity, yeah, is good publicity. And so, yeah. uh, even though I I do believe that statement he made at the Republican fundraising event was probably a joke, uh, as they say, there's always a little truth in jest. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. More more shall be uh, revealed. I'm here. I'm sure I'm sure we'll be talking about him for the next couple months, man. Yeah. So let's go. Let, let's talk a little bit about the 2024. I mean, it's so early, but yet. Um, uh, you know, it's 
we're talking about it because uh, you know, politicians keep uh, announcing their campaigns and earlier and, uh, you know, we just it's it's out there. And the big one in California, of course, is you have two power players, um, Congressman uh, Adam Schiff running for Senator Dianne Feinstein's seat. And in a normal in any other any other day, I would have said he doesn't have competition. No one can beat him. But the person who also wants the the seat is Congresswoman Katie Porter. Um, and you know, I've interviewed both. I'm actually a fan of both of them. So mm-hmm. this is this is really going to be interesting here because um, they're both popular. They both have a great track record. Yeah, I mean, of course, there are others who are you know vying for that seat, but. Uh, I think Congressman Schiff and uh, Congresswoman Katie Porter, you know, are on top of that list. So we'll see what happens. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Mr. Schiff has obviously been in this game uh, a lot longer, but the way the political landscape is today, I don't think experience is as big of a, uh, a voting point anymore. So I think I I think it's going to be a a closer race than people think. Speaking of 2024, the potential Republican nominees are really coming out of the woodworks now. And that's heating up. Nikki Haley, it is expected that she is going to officially announce her her 2024 Republican nominee run uh, later this month. Interesting. And Trump and DeSantis are taking shots at each other. Mike Pompeo is is merging as a as another candidate like the the 2016 election. That was interesting. But this one, I I, I almost can't wait to see. Yeah, I um, would be interesting to see if if uh, Trump will be sort of booted out early during the cycle or he's going to stay there and uh, sort of insist on uh, getting the nomination. You know, considering the the plethora of, <laughs> I don't know what to call it anymore, not scandal, but plethora of uh, wrongdoings and evidence and, and crimes that are linked to him, connected to him, uh, you know, impeached twice in the middle of multiple investigations. Uh, you know, it's just a bizarre, bizarre sort of a political world we live in that uh, Trump could you know, still be a, a candidate for office. As you know, he doesn't care about any of that. Uh, those will be uh, definitely talking points in some of these future debates if those debates culminate. But I, I guess what I was trying to say is that um, basically Trump in 20, 2015, 2016, he punked a lot of those Republican candidates and, and nominee hopefuls. He just really punked them. And I just don't think... That's going to work this time with with these candidates. I think DeSantis and Nikki Haley, uh, especially those two, I think they're they seem to have a bigger presence and uh, a little more confidence than I would say someone like Rubio and some of those people that Trump Trump just turned into caricatures and tore apart uh, five years ago, six years ago. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I've got my interview with uh, Assemblymember Luz Rivas coming up. 
which is really exciting. Um, as I was as I was like reading about her before my interview, I wanted uh, you know just to go through her background. I was so impressed that um, you know she went to both MIT and Harvard. I mean, talk about credentials, you know. I mean, you have to be a, a brilliant to be able to get accepted and and finish both of those schools. So I was really impressed. We had a great um, time chatting. So um, yeah, let's take a break and then we'll come back and uh, listen to my interview with uh, Assembly Member Luz Rivas. The Blunt Post with Vic. Hello, dear friends of KPFK. My husband, Blaise Bonpain, and I became supporters and contributors to KPFK in 1969. All of this startling and non-startling historical events that have happened since then, and there were so many, made us constantly go to KPFK so we would be better informed and activated. So many times we said, we need KPFK more than ever, and we always did rely on them. Today, more than ever, ever, we need KPFK. We all know that, and we all must do everything we can to keep KPFK alive and vital. Blaze would look down on us with his smile as we do so. Thank you, Teresa Bonpain. The Car Show has aired on KPFK since 1973. And perhaps you have a car that's been sitting in your driveway since 1973 or 1993. Or maybe you're still driving it, but it's time to say goodbye. Get rid of that thing and help KPFK at the same time. Your donation of your old car gets it out of your life and helps KPFK as a tax-deductible donation. And not just cars. Trucks, boats, and motorcycles are also welcome. It's easy. Just call 877-KPFK-AUTO and we'll handle all the details. Let your old car help KPFK. Keep KPFK strong on the web. Digital services cost KPFK real money. KPFK is more than what you hear on the radio. At kpfk.org, you can listen to our live stream along with our on-demand content whenever you like. These digital services are free for you, but they cost us more money each year. For all of those times you've gone to kpfk.org, discovered new information, and shared it with others, please consider making a donation today. Just click the Donate button at kpfk.org. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic. Assemblymember Liz Rivas was born in Los Angeles, attended LA Unified Schools before earning a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from MIT and a master of education from Harvard. The assembly member has built her career at the intersection of engineering and education before entering public service. In 2016, she was appointed by Mayor Eric Garcetti to the Los Angeles Board of Public Work and was elected into the California State Assembly in June 2018. Good morning, assembly member Rivas. Thank you for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. Yeah, I appreciate you being on the show. I know things are picking up for you. Uh, a lot of uh, legislation is being introduced to the uh, California, well, California Assembly, yes. et cetera. And it's a busy season for you. Um, so I appreciate it. No, thank you. Yeah, we're we're back in Sacramento, the state legislature. Uh, like you said, introducing bills, working on 
different policy issue areas. It's exciting to be back. Yeah, especially after, uh, you know, what I think is a landmark uh, election, <clears throat> even though every four years we we say, oh, this is the most important election of our lifetime, uh, referring to the presidential election. I believe this last November's election was uh, similar for Southern California, at least LA County. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it was a, it was a truly a, a sort of a game changer of an election. Um, what is your um, perspective on uh, how things have turned out and where we're going uh, as a state? And your well, I think you're right, you know, that, you know, this election was very important, this past election. I represent uh, the city of Los Angeles and the San Fernando Valley, uh, the northernmost part of the city of L.A., um, and I also represent the city of San Fernando, which is a small city um, in my district. And uh, so since I represent majority of Los Angeles in my district, uh, I know you know, that having Mayor Karen Bass, you know, leading our city is very important. Uh, you know, she has, she's bringing homelessness as, you know, you know, she declared a state of emergency for our city, bringing that issue to the forefront of everything she's doing, putting all her resources behind it. Um, and I think that's what's needed um, in order to solve a problem of this magnitude. Well, it's good to hear you, you, partly answered my next question, which was going to be that, you know, we have a, a, a massive uh, challenge in our hands in SoCal, which is the unhoused, mm -hmm. um, uh, up to about 70,000 in LA County. <clears throat> and uh, Congresswoman Karen Bass worked on it. Now, Mayor Bass, uh, she has gone after uh, to really start tackling this uh, this challenge aggressively. Uh, and you know, head on, and uh, and of course, your district, forty third district, is not immune to this. You also have uh, a lot of people who are unhoused. Uh, so it sounds like your plan and your initiatives are sort of uh, overlapping with with Mayor Bass's. Are you happy with how she's tackling this so far? Um, well, so far, uh, you know, she's just getting started, and you know, this issue. Like you mentioned, it's a very important and serious issue throughout our whole region, right? Not just the city of Los Angeles, but the county. Uh, this year, I'm the chair of the LA County delegation in the legislature, which is a group of all the members. There's 39 of us that represent LA County um, up here in Sacramento. Um, and so I've already started conversations with the mayor's team, uh, the, the county supervisors um, and other stakeholders on, okay, what are we all going to do together to address uh, the issue of homelessness? And what can we do as your state legislators, right, to be helpful at the state level? Uh, you know, with this upcoming recession, you know, I, you know, we don't want it to get worse where people will be evicted or lose their homes. Um, so I think it's exciting that Mayor Bass is moving the city into this new direction um, and really jumped on right away after her inauguration um, to bring this issue to the forefront, that it has to be for all of us to get together and to collaborate on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't. 
you can't uh, do it by yourself and public uh, some some in the public think that politicians can just sort of you know use a magic wand and it'll all go away <laughs> it takes... you know we we all have to work together right yeah. you know like um you know in my position i rep you know i'm a state representative and so every day i think what can the state be doing better what are the barriers that there may be that the state is on um, you know unintentionally um creating um uh, to help that won't that don't help our cities and our counties right so those conversations have started and we're ready to take action. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Assemblymember Luz Rivas. Off topic, I just have to say this as a as someone like you who grew up in the San Fernando Valley. When I was reading about you uh, and I read that you went to MIT and then to Harvard, uh, I was so impressed. I just... I, I was like, wow, this is just incredible. I mean, no wonder. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, and, and I shouldn't say this because hopefully we will get to a point uh, because I do consider myself a feminist and hopefully we'll get to a point where mentioning this is completely irrelevant and it's, mm -hmm. um, it's a non-issue, but it should be mentioned because we're not there yet. The, the, the lack of uh, women in tech so mm -hmm. when I read that, you know, someone like you went to MIT in your background and credentials, it's just really, um, it's just gratifying to know that you are uh, one of our assembly members. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley in Pacoima, uh, if you're familiar with that. You know, born and raised and uh, went to all LA public schools in the Northeast San Fernando Valley. Um, I had great teachers that believed in me. Right. And that helped me through, you know, my my parents are immigrants from Mexico. Uh, my mom didn't go to college, so she wasn't able to guide me through that process. Um, but, you know, was very supportive of my interest in engineering and technology. Um, and I, you know, I somehow, uh, you know, was connected and, and received the help I needed to apply to college a long time ago and very grateful. And that's why I've spent most of my career um, focused on issues of, you know, removing these barriers that those of us that grow up in urban areas that are ch children of immigrants have to, you know, to these opportunities, you know, to go to top schools like I was able to. Yeah, it's, um, it's very impressive. Um, um, I, and, you know, and it's also, it also shows that despite all the shortcomings that someone like you can be a product of, of public schools. Yes. That's possible. So that's possible. Um, but you've also had a lot of accomplishments um, since uh, being in the assembly, I believe it was 2018. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, and this is, this is another big year what are we um, to expect? What are you working on? What's on your top priority list? Um, well, homelessness continues to be one of my top priorities. Um, almost every year that I have served in the assembly, I have worked towards, you know, that policy issue area, coming up with ways that the state uh, can be better at, you know, either either through governance, you know, in terms of our agencies, um, or 
one of the issues that I worked on before was, uh, you know, identifying homeless children in our schools so that we can provide them the services um, that they're entitled to, that they need, that their families really need. Uh, you know, so we will continue to work on homelessness this year. Uh, I want to run legislation that uh, will hold um, our local governments accountable, um, but also provide, uh, you know, ongoing funding uh, that they need to solve this issue. You know, we really need ongoing funding to address homelessness and to help the cities that want to do the right thing, right, and are willing to be held accountable. Um, and so that is something I'm focused on. Um, in addition to that, I continue to work on STEM issues. Um, I want to work on, you know, clim climate change education, increasing that in our public schools, uh, computer science education, access to computer science in every high school is very important to me. Um, you know, California is the technology leader of the world, having Silicon Valley and other parts of the state that have led on technology innovation, but we're not hiring our own students, our own residents, because they don't have access to computer science in their schools. Mm -hmm. um, I'm working on biotechnology. Um, you know, last year I was able to secure a $10 million um, allocation in our state budget that is going to um, Los Angeles Mission College, which is in my district. Um, and they are using it to build a biotechnology center. You know, that's become uh, an area where a lot of students have interests and there are jobs locally uh, in biotechnology. So I continue on homelessness, STEM education, um, and I'm the chair of natural resources in the assembly. We, we work on climate change and all the climate bills come through my committee. Uh, and so the environment is also a priority. Just, you know, piece of cake, short list. <laughs> we try to stay focused. Yeah. Homelessness, the environment, and STEM education are my top priorities. Wow. Okay. Thank you for that. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Assemblymember Luz Rivas. You have a large Armenian uh, American community in District 43. And as you know, uh, we are... Armenians are going through um, essentially what's another genocide is being called because due to Azerbaijan and Turkey's attack and invasion of Artsakh in 2020, but the current and ongoing blockade of Artsakh where 120,000 Armenians are uh, blockade by uh, Azerbaijan for uh, over 50 days now without food or medicine supplies. And despite calls from the international community, uh, President Aliyev refuses to lift the blockade. He's determined to uh, basically ethnically cleanse all of Artsakh from their indigenous uh, Armenians. Mm -hmm. And I know that you've been uh, supportive about this. I just want to mm -hmm. yes. uh, hear where you are at, you know, where you're at and, and where we are now with this. Yeah, so as a state legislator, I'm a member of the Legislative Armenian Caucus. Uh, you know, there's a group of us here in uh, that mainly represent large Armenian American communities or are just supportive and interested in Armenian issues. 
Um, and, you know, I've been here for four and a half years and have been a member since day one. Um, and it's really helped me, um, you know, connect and learn more about the issues that are important to the Armenian American community. Uh, and, you know, this, we can't, we can't let this happen. We can't sit back and watch um, Azerbaijan, uh, what they're doing to Artsakh, right? It's leaving innocent civilians uh, with limited food and medical supplies. Um, and, you know, as state legislators, you know, we sent a letter to the federal government encouraging them to take a stand on this. Um, and we have something planned here in, in Sacramento uh, that we're working towards, um, you know, to elevate this issue. A lot of people don't know about it and it's happening, you know, just like last year, um, the world knew what was happening in the Ukraine. I think we need to elevate this issue at that level. So Absolutely. there is more pressure coming from state governments, from local governments, from our country. Um, so the, all of the, you know, the world will know what is happening in Artsakh. Thank you for that. Appreciate your support. Uh, yes, we do need to uh, just talk about it more because it's just not being reported. Media is not covering it nearly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, probably not even close to uh, how they cover Ukraine, unfortunately. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and you are listening to my interview with Assemblymember Luz Rivas. Speaking of, so uh, I just have to ask you, as as a woman, as a Latina, do you feel there's added pressure uh, on you at a double standard in terms of like um, as a politician, as, a, as an elected official, you know, when you go through the, the choppy waters of, of politics and policy? You know, unfortunately, yes. I mean, that we still, like you mentioned earlier, we still have to address these issues. And hopefully one day we won't even be talking about it, right? Because it won't exist. Um, but, you know, as a Latina, you know, we're, you know, Latinos are 40% of California and we're not represented um, at all, you know, at statewide, none of our statewide um, elected officials are Latinas, right? Um, but I think in general, even as a woman of color, um, people still question us and, we have to put in more work than others do uh, just to be heard, uh, to elevate the issues that are important to our communities. Uh, and, you know, I, I do that. And I have a, a great uh, group of Latinas that are currently serving in the legislature um, that we're all very supportive of each other. Um, and we make sure that we are being heard. And a lot of us are very effective because we put in the time, we put in the work to get to know our communities and not just the Latinos that we represent, but for, like you mentioned earlier, I represent an Armenian American community, um, other communities in the district that I think we take the time to listen to them. We go to their events, we meet with community leaders um, and that's why we're very effective. Uh, and so I think, you know, I have a lot of support I have mentors that continue to help me. Um, and, and that's something that we need to continue to build, you know, mentorship programs, make sure that, you know, we, if we see young women that need help, that we help them. Absolutely. 
Thank you for that. Is there a question I should have asked you, but did not forgot? Or is there something you'd like to add? You know, I'm, you know, I'm chair of the Los Angeles County delegation. And, you know, like I mentioned, we have 39 members, uh, state legislators that represent LA County. Uh, and we're looking forward um, to advocating for Los Angeles, right? I think we need to come together to show our power to advocate for our county and the issues that are important. Um, and so I encourage anyone that's listening to reach out to their state legislator, um, especially if you're from Los Angeles County. Um, if you have issues that are important to you, let us know how we could be better advocating for you. Yeah, if you don't take the step and uh, you know ask, no one's gonna know. So well, a lot of times people don't know who represents them. Right. in the state sure. you know sometimes people know their congress member of course people of course know the mayor of los angeles uh, but a lot of times don't know who who represents them in the state assembly or in the state senate um, and you know i encourage people to reach out or to get to know their representatives thank you assembly member rivas it's been a pleasure good luck with uh, all your initiatives and to hope to uh, chat with you again soon Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and look forward um, to continue to work with all of the communities, especially the Armenian American community. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Assemblymember uh, Rivas, for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. Uh, I appreciate your time. Good luck with everything, and I hope to chat with you again soon. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.